section nineteen of commentary on the epistles of paul the apostle to the corinthians volume one this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Commentary on the Epistles of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians, Volume 1, by John Calvin, translated by Rev. John Pringle. 1 Corinthians, Chapter 3, Verses 10 through 15. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is jesus christ now if any man build upon this foundation gold silver precious stones wood hay stubble every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon he shall receive a reward if any man's work shall be burnt he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire ten as a wise master builder it is a most apt similitude and accordingly it is frequently met with in the scriptures as we shall see ere long here however the apostle declares his fidelity with great confidence and fearlessness as it required to be asserted in opposition not merely to the calumnies of the wicked but also to the pride of the corinthians who had already begun to despise his doctrine the more therefore they lowered him so much the higher does he raise himself up and speaking as it were from a pulpit of vast height he declares that he had been the first master builder of god among them in laying the foundation and that he had with wisdom executed that department of duty and that it remained that others should go forward in the same manner regulating the superstructure in conformity with the rule of the foundation let us observe that these things are said by paul first of all for the purpose of commending his doctrine which he saw was despised by the corinthians and secondly for the purpose of repressing the insolence of others who from a desire for distinction affected a new method of teaching these he accordingly admonishes to attempt nothing rashly in god's building two things he prohibits them from doing they must not venture to lay another foundation and they must not raise a superstructure that will not be answerable to the foundation according to the grace 
he always takes diligent heed not to usurp to himself a single particle of the glory that belongs to god for he refers all things to god and leaves nothing to himself except his having been an instrument while however he thus submits himself humbly to god he indirectly reproves the arrogance of those who thought nothing of throwing the grace of god into the shade provided only they were themselves held in estimation he hints too that there was nothing of the grace of the spirit in that empty show for which they were held in esteem while on the other hand he clears himself from contempt on the ground of his having been under divine influence eleven for other foundation can no man lay this statement consists of two parts first that christ is the only foundation of the church and secondly that the corinthians had been rightly founded upon christ through paul's preaching for it was necessary that they should be brought back to christ alone inasmuch as their ears were tickled with a fondness for novelty it was too of no small importance that paul should be recognized as the principal and so to speak fundamental master builder from whose doctrine they could not draw back without forsaking christ himself the sum is this that the church must by all means be founded upon christ alone and that paul had executed this department of duty so faithfully that nothing could be found to be wanting in his ministry hence whoever may come after him can in no other way serve the lord with a good conscience or be listened to as ministers of christ than by studying to make their doctrine correspond with his and retain the foundation which he has laid hence we infer that those are not faithful workmen for building up the church but on the contrary are scatterers of it matthew chapter twelve verse thirty who succeed faithful ministers but do not make it their aim to conform themselves to their doctrine and carry forward what has been well commenced so as to make it quite manifest that they are attempting no new work for what can be more pernicious than by a new manner of teaching to harass believers who have been well instructed in pure doctrine so that they stagger in uncertainty as to the true foundation now the fundamental doctrine which it were unlawful to undermine is that we learn christ for christ is the only foundation of the church but there are many who while they make use of christ's name in pretense tear up the whole truth of god by the roots let us observe then in what way the church is rightly built upon christ it is when he alone is set forth for righteousness redemption sanctification 
wisdom satisfaction and cleansing in short for life and glory or if you would have it stated more briefly when he is proclaimed in such a manner that his office and influence are understood in accordance with what we found stated in the close of the first chapter first corinthians chapter one verse thirty if on the other hand christ is only in some degree acknowledged and is called a redeemer only in name while in the meantime recourse is had to some other quarter for righteousness sanctification and salvation he is driven off from the foundation and spurious stones are substituted in his room it is in this manner that papists act who rob him of almost all his ornaments leaving him scarcely anything but the bare name such persons then are far from being founded on christ for as christ is the foundation of the church because he is the only source of salvation and eternal life because in him we come to know god the father because in him we have the source of every blessing if he is not acknowledged as such he is no longer regarded as the foundation but it is asked is christ only a part or simply the commencement of the doctrine of salvation as the foundation is merely a part of the building for if it were so believers would have only their commencement in christ and would be perfected without him now this paul might seem to intimate i answer that this is not the meaning of the words otherwise he would contradict himself when he says elsewhere that in him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge colossians chapter two verse three he then who has learned christ ephesians chapter four verse twenty is already complete in the whole system of heavenly doctrine but as paul's ministry had contemplated rather the founding of the corinthians than the raising up among them of the top stone of the building he merely shows here what he had done in respect of his having preached christ in purity with respect to himself therefore he calls him the foundation while at the same time he does not thereby exclude him from the rest of the building in fine paul does not put any kind of doctrine in opposition to the knowledge of christ but on the contrary there is a comparison between himself and the ministers twelve now if any man build upon this foundation he pursues still farther the metaphor it would not have been enough to have laid the foundation if the entire superstructure did not correspond for as it were an absurd thing to raise a structure of vile materials on a foundation of gold so it were greatly criminal to bury christ under a mass of strange doctrines 
by gold then and silver and precious stones he means doctrine worthy of christ and of such a nature as to be a superstructure corresponding to such a foundation let us not imagine however that this doctrine is apart from christ but on the contrary let us understand that we must continue to preach christ until the very completion of the building only we must observe order so as to begin with general doctrine and more essential articles as the foundations and then go on to admonitions exhortations and everything that is requisite for perseverance confirmation and advancement as there is an agreement thus far as to paul's meaning without any controversy it follows on the other hand that by wood stubble and hay is meant doctrine not answering to the foundation such as is forged in men's brain and is thrust in upon us as though it were the oracles of god for god will have his church trained up by the pure preaching of his own word not by the contrivances of men of which sort also is that which has no tendency to edification as for example curious questions first timothy chapter one verse four which commonly contribute more to ostentation or some foolish appetite than to the salvation of men he forewarns them that every man's work will one day be made manifest of what sort it is however it may be for a time concealed as though he had said it may indeed happen that unprincipled workmen may for a time deceive so that the world does not perceive how far each one has labored faithfully or fraudulently but what is now as it were buried in darkness must of necessity come to light and what is now glorious in the eyes of men must before the face of god fall down and be regarded as worthless thirteen for the day will declare it in the old translation it is the day of the lord but it is probable that the words of the lord were added by someone by way of explanation the meaning unquestionably is complete without that addition for with propriety we give the name of day to the time when darkness and obscurity are dispelled and the truth is brought to light hence the apostle forewarns us that it cannot always remain a secret who have acted fraudulently in the work of the lord or who have conducted themselves with fidelity as though he had said the darkness will not always remain the light will one day break forth which will make all things manifest that day i own is god's not man's but the metaphor is more elegant if you read simply the day 
because paul in this way conveys the idea that the lord's true servants cannot always be accurately distinguished from false workmen inasmuch as virtues and vices are concealed by the darkness of the night that night however will not always continue for ambition is blind man's favor is blind the world's applause is blind but this darkness god afterwards dispels in his own time take notice that he always discovers the assurance of a good conscience and with an unconquerable magnanimity despises perverse judgments first in order that he may call back the corinthians from popular applause to the right rule of judgment and secondly for the purpose of confirming the authority of his ministry because it will be revealed by fire paul having spoken of doctrine metaphorically now also applies metaphorically the name of fire to the very touchstone of doctrine that the corresponding parts of the comparison may harmonize with each other the fire then here meant is the spirit of the lord who tries by his touchstone what doctrine resembles gold and what resembles stubble the nearer the doctrine of god is brought to this fire so much the brighter will be its lustre on the other hand what has had its origin in man's head will quickly vanish as stubble is consumed in the fire there seems also to be an allusion to the day of which he makes mention not only will those things which vain ambition like a dark night concealed among the corinthians be brought to light by the brightness of the sun but there will also be a strength of heat not merely for drying up and cleansing away the refuse but also for burning up everything wrong for however men may look upon themselves as forming acute judgments their discernment notwithstanding reaches no farther than appearance which for the most part has no solidity there is nothing but that day to which the apostle appeals that tests everything to the quick not merely by its brightness but also by its fiery flame fourteen if any man's work remains he will receive a reward his meaning is that those are fools who depend on man's estimation so as to reckon it enough to be approved by men for then only will the work have praise and recompense when it has stood the test of the day of the lord hence he exhorts his true ministers to have an eye to that day for by the word remains he intimates that doctrines fly about as it were in an unsettled state nay more like empty bubbles they glitter for the moment 
until they have come to be thoroughly tested hence it follows that we must reckon as nothing all the applauses of the world the emptiness of which will in a very little be exposed by heaven's judgment fifteen if any man's work shall be burned it is as though he had said let no man flatter himself on the ground that in the opinion of men he is reckoned among the most eminent master builders for as soon as the day breaks in his whole work must go utterly to nothing if it is not approved of by the lord this then is the rule to which every one's ministry requires to be conformed some explain this of doctrine so that zemiusthai means simply to perish and then what immediately follows they view as referring to the foundation because in the greek the melios foundation is in the masculine gender they do not however sufficiently attend to the entire context for paul in this passage subjects to trial not his own doctrine but that of others hence it were out of place to make mention at present of the foundation he has stated a little before that every man's work will be tried by fire he comes afterwards to state an alternative which ought not to be extended beyond that general observation now it is certain that paul spoke there simply of the structure which had been erected upon the foundation he has already in the first clause promised a reward to good master builders whose labor shall have been approved of hence the contrast in the second clause suits admirably well that those who have mixed stubble or wood or straw will be disappointed of the commendation which they had expected he himself will be saved etc it is certain that paul speaks of those who while always retaining the foundation mix hay with gold stubble with silver and wood with precious stones that is those who build upon christ but in consequence of the weakness of the flesh admit something that is man's or through ignorance turn aside to some extent from the strict purity of god's word such were many of the saints cyprian ambrose augustine and the like add to these if you choose from those of later times gregory and bernard and others of that stamp who while they had it as their object to build upon christ did nevertheless often deviate from the right system of building such persons paul says could be saved but on this condition if the lord wiped away their ignorance and purged them from all dross this is the meaning of the clause so as by fire he means therefore to intimate that he does not take away from them the hope of salvation 
provided they willingly submit to the loss of their labor and are purged by the mercy of god as gold is refined in the furnace farther although god sometimes purges his own people by afflictions yet here by the name of fire i understand the touchstone of the spirit by which the lord corrects and removes the ignorance of his people by which they were for a time held captive i am aware indeed that many refer this to the cross but i am confident that my interpretation will please all that are of sound judgment it remains that we give an answer in passing to the papists who endeavor from this passage to prop up purgatory Quote, the sinners whom god forgives pass through the fire that they may be saved End quote. hence they in this way suffer punishment in the presence of god so as to afford satisfaction to his justice i pass over their endless fictions in reference to the measure of punishment and the means of redemption from them but i ask who they are that pass through the fire paul assuredly speaks of ministers alone there is the same reason they say as to all it is not for us but for god to judge as to this matter but even granting them this how childishly they stumble at the term fire for to what purpose is this fire but for burning up the hay and straw and on the other hand for proving the gold and silver do they mean to say that doctrines are discerned by the fire of their purgatory who has ever learned from that what difference there is between truth and falsehood farther when will that day come that will shine forth so as to discover every one's work did it begin at the beginning of the world and will it continue without interruption to the end if the terms stubble hay gold and silver are figurative as they must necessarily allow what correspondence will there be between the different clauses if there is nothing figurative in the term fire away then with such silly trifles which carry their absurdity in their forehead for the apostle's true meaning is i think sufficiently manifest End of section nineteen